And now for the next part of This Woman's Work, a strand which reminds us that despite the stagnant statistics for female employment in parts of the film industry, women have been productive in cinema since its inception. Over the past months, we've talked to editors, to writers, producers, and now to two directors. Biban Kidron, who first achieved international recognition with the Jeanette Winterson adaptation Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit, went to Hollywood and made a series of films, returning to Britain for Bridget Jones' The Edge of Reason. She's since co-founded Interfilm, a charity to educate young people about film, and has been made a baroness. And talking with her, a relative newcomer, Hope Dixon-Leach. Her student film, The Dawn Chorus, was selected for Sundance and other festivals, and her 2016 feature, The Leveling, won a Scottish BAFTA. Hope also co-founded Raising Films, a support network for working parents in the film industry. They explained how they got into the industry. Be bound first. I left school when I was 16 to work for a brilliant photographer, a woman called Eve Arnold, who was such a big part of my life and a very important role model, which is maybe something we come back to. But uh, it was her who looked at my photographs that were in series and, and then looked at my captions and said, you know, when you have this, this is normally called a film. Maybe you want to tell a story rather than a single image. And to a very large degree, I had never considered film. And she sort of suddenly in that moment put it in my mind. Hope, were you clear right from the outset? Because you, you actually read philosophy at university, I think, um, and then became gradually involved in film after that. Yes, I thought I wanted to be a painter, actually, and was encouraged by my family to, in their words, use my brain. So <laughs> they wanted me to be a lawyer, I think. But I was absolutely terrified and thought films, you know, you had to have some kind of gift. And I didn't think I had it. But then I started working at the Edinburgh Film Festival and I met filmmakers. And I think that was the moment I kind of was like, oh, okay, they're just people and and normally really interesting people. And that sounds like a club I want to be part of. So I kind of sort of edged my way into it and then eventually went to film school uh, a few years later. And how hopeful were you that you could go straight into directing? I'm pretty hopeful. I mean, I came out with my graduation short that went to Sundance and won awards and, you know, got me onto noticed lists, you know, bright young things, and made some more shorts and did every kind of emerging talent scheme that was available and then got stuck in development hell, basically, trying to write this feature that I'd been I'd been working on and, and then I had kids. And so it, kind of that put things back in another couple of years. So I'd sort of hung on and hung on and rewritten this film for a long time, thinking, well, it'll happen. And then, it, you know, eventually, as soon as I, I sort of put that one away, I had the opportunity to make my first micro-budget feature. So, Biban, compared to Hope's experience, which is, you know, the false dawns of lots and lots of people saying she's brilliant star of tomorrow and all this kind of thing, and then she hits this patch where it's really quite difficult. You actually pretty quickly went... Features, so there was room with Clive Owen, and then there was Origins are not the only fruit, which was fantastically successful. And then you were off, you were off to Hollywood. I mean, you were, you went quite quickly through all of that. I did, and I, uh, I think. Um you know, over the years, people say, how do you get to Hollywood? And I go, oh, well, what you do is you make something about lesbians in Pentecostal northern England, and that's how you do it. Which is only sort of to say there are no tricks. I made what I wanted to make at the time, and I was really lucky that it attracted the attention of decision-makers in America. And to be absolutely frank, 
I was not that interested in going to America. It was just that people were quite interested in me. And so I'd made oranges, and that had sort of been a bit of a thing. And then I made something called Antonio and Jane, which was sort of a comedy, but it was a comedy in the sort of Woody Allen vein and uh, and everybody was sort of going oh this is the new female Woody Allen not <laughs> a woman's not allowed to be herself she has to be a female version of a man um, but it did mean that I I was sent the price of a ticket and and I think the thing is that I am a fundamentally curious person and uh, once given the ticket I went so you are then getting into a world that's so different from Hope's, and, and Hope is doing it a bit later as well, but where you are working on projects where, you know, there'll be a studio and there'll be a script and there'll be, and you will be part of a process, even though you are the director. Mm-hmm. Now, you were relatively young when you did that. How daunting was that? Oh, completely daunting. <laughs> I was so young and it was so unusual to be a woman. It was almost not a thing. I mean, one of my favourite stories is that one of the people who paid for my ticket to go to um, LA was George Lucas, and we were supposed to have dinner, and uh, he is famously shy, and I obviously was very young. I, I was waiting for someone very much older, I thought, because he was George Lucas, so I thought he must be a very old man. Um, and he was waiting for a man, because I, my name is Biban, and nobody knew what a Biban was. Uh, and so we actually spent about 20 minutes both sitting at the Bel Air <laughs> Hotel restaurant until the maitre d' worked out that we were waiting for each other. And we then had dinner and, uh, and, and had a very nice time, and he was a brilliant man. But I think what I'm trying to say is that no one was really ex- expecting me, no one was rejecting me, and they were all quite bemused but my film had come first and I think that was very helpful to me but then to sort of continue with a career like that I mean the not being the novelty is one thing yeah no I mean listen I would like to feel that I made some really good pieces of work and that was what they wanted and I was there to do it you know now the world doesn't always work like that a lot of people get knocked out ahead of the game but I was I did I was like water I was there before they thought to think about it and I was working before anybody said no and and it was literally that and I'm not going to pretend that I had a particularly hard gendered time actually until I became a mother clearly both of you are indicating that having children is then the thing that makes it all very, very complicated. Is that particularly true of directing? Is that why we see so few women directors? I mean, I I would absolutely say yes. I think especially of my generation of filmmakers where you've got women trying to get their first feature made and that coinciding with the arrival of their families it's a terrible combination and the experience of, of making a film can be a really unsatisfying and and hard one. And sometimes, you know, that's true of being a parent too, but, uh, but generally parenting 
comes out on top and and you can see why people actually might think god i'd rather i'd rather do something else you know and and film can be incredibly all consuming and and you can try and plan as as well as you can and say right this film is going to be made in such a way that i get to do this many hours a day and then we're going to extend prep so i can you know but the films don't work like that the economy of filmmaking means that there's there's a lot of waiting and then there's suddenly a green light and then there's suddenly a stop and there's you know so you you've got to be ready to jump whenever they say jump and that that is really incredibly hard to do when you've got uh, other things in your life that you care about and that you want to to be involved in um well i agree with hope and i, I she's just said something that's made me realize one of the reasons that my life was a bit different which was because i did start so young because i made my first film when i was 21 and my first hollywood film when i was 28 that actually that moment where I became a mother, I was actually quite a powerful force. And so I had more choices. So I think that that car crash of your first film and your first baby at the same time is really, really problematic. So I, I hear that loud and clear from, from Hope, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons that I had a slightly different path. Uh, but I would actually put it somewhat differently as well and say any act of creativity... And I think creativity is too narrowly defined around creative industries. You know, if you, you can be really creative in business, in law, in medicine, whatever. But any act of creativity is fundamentally a selfless act in which you immerse yourself. Now, there's only one other thing in the world that requires that same act of selflessness, which is possibly being a parent. And so where I'm going to diverge a bit from, from hope and say is that actually the problem is about the assumption of who is a primary parent, not about actually mothering in and, in and of itself. So funnily enough, I was uh, a single parent for, for several years and then married a, another creative person, who then took equal task. And he gave up a lot of his creative time to look after the children, which released me again to pursue mine. So it's not one person's responsibility, but it has to be done. Oh, I completely agree with that. And I think that the, the gendered... I mean, this is why, you know, we're always very careful with raising films and talking about parenting as opposed to motherhood. From my situation, my husband had a job job, so he had to keep going back to work because otherwise we wouldn't have any money, you know. So I was the one and I was breastfeeding and it was... Uh, he was allergic to all kinds of things, My both my children. And so I was breastfeeding constantly and... Uh, it was relentless, so there was there wasn't actually an option to be as as co-parenting as as there is often. And, and what's interesting is when you do meet lots of creative people, both partners are creative. And I do think, gosh, actually, those ones tend to work better for everybody all round because actually there is that flexibility around who can take time, how you can manage projects and family responsibilities. And I think that's brilliant. But it's just the luck of the draw you just end up with. I'm the one who's going to end up, you know, being the cow for a year and a half and then and then I'll be allowed to be separated from my succubus and <laughs> <laughs> return to normal life. But you know, oh it's it, but I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree that you know, this is this is not something that should be because there's obviously a danger that then it gets held against women, you know, and that's yeah. the 
that's yeah. the biggest problem. Well, that, that we, was going know. that was going to be a question. Do you think that there is? A, I mean, just from a practical point of view, if you're running any kind of project, let us say a film, and you cannot be certain of the amount of hours that a key player will spend in it, that that is difficult for anybody running a project, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm really sorry. I am very ruthless. To direct a film is an enormous privilege, and you have to sort out your life to do that and that that is a fact man or woman but i am absolutely convinced that any one of us who wants to put our head above the parapet to do something that is an unusual shape has to also take the hit of doing something that's an unusual shape finally because I feel this so passionately, we are not necessarily doing three jobs for minimum wage to put food on the table. And that actually, although some periods of my life I have absolutely been absent to my children, many of periods of life I have been very present while waiting for a job to go, while arranging my own timetable, while actually abusing some poor editor who has to work to my timetable. So I think there are privileges and problems of that role, but I see many, many more privileges than problems in that specific role if you take the context of what I said earlier about what it is to undertake any creative act. I, I would add to that that I think we need to make sure people get paid. And when you're talking about women or people from lower economic backgrounds or people against whom there are already several barriers from sort of traditional hiring practices if you're then asking people to work for free you know it's terrible it's a double whammy and this happens all the time and if you're stopping if the gate is closed to you at that point this is why the women don't progress and you don't therefore have the great privilege of directing films it's a terrible terrible crime that we you know that our industry functions on so much unpaid labor you know and it is stopping the diversity going forward i think it is the one kind of across the board, I think it would make a great change if we just said, right, everybody has to, to pay everybody. You know, you can't. And suddenly we wouldn't just have middle-class, white, public school-educated boys or girls in all these positions of power because it would actually suddenly say, well, actually, we need to have a realistic understanding that a lot of these jobs should be open to as, as many people as possible. And I violently agree. Pippa, <laughs> <laughs> um, you I mean, you're not directing now, but you're very interested in young people, and particularly into film. How important do you think film is for children's education? Oh, so important. And I, I suppose, you know, this speaks to Hope's point, really, which is that about 12 years ago, I just felt that diversity issue was not just about gender, but was actually really about where you were in the world uh, socioeconomically, geographically, what your ethnicity was. But most importantly, I really resented this idea that some people sort of came out of the womb thinking that they were going to direct (laughs) and they were going to hold the stories. And actually, the really obvious truth that audiences are varied and therefore people who who tell the stories must be equally varied. And that was one part of the whole interfilm thing, which is make it open, make it available to everybody. And 12 years later, 50% of all, all schools in the UK have a film club. I mean, we absolutely have 
transformed and will in the future transform what the audience is, what the audience wants and who the makers of the future are. And I really do agree with her. I mean, we've got to take away not just one barrier, but layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of barrier because the real difference between privilege and not privilege is not just the one opportunity, but the privilege gives you every single opportunity again and again and again and again. And our kids have certainly chances to make films, chances to watch films, chances to talk about films, chances to understand culture in a broad level, and then they will bring some other privileges as they go. Bubaan Kidron and Hope Dixon Leach, and you can find out more about those organisations, Interfilm and Raising Films, on our website.